Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Full Time Whittle Podcast. I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by former Athletic fan favourite Jordan Flores. Jordan, how are you doing, mate? And how's uh, how's life in Ireland? Oh, good, mate. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, Ireland's good. I'm enjoying myself. Been here for almost two years now, so I'm really, really settled in. Yeah. Have you been adapting to the Irish slang at all? <laughs> yeah, a few, a few bits. I've still yet to pick up the accent, but I don't think that'll come anyway. I can't uh, get rid of the Wigan accent. No, it's a, a very strong accent. Uh, ac- I'm going to say accident, man. A very <laughs> strong accent. So to, to start the podcast, it would make sense to start at the very beginning. So when did your love for football initially begin? Um, when I was a kid, to be fair. Uh, like very, very young age. I used to play with my brother's team when I was like four or five years old. Um, so yeah, it's come from there. Ended up signing signing for Wigan when I was seven. Well, I went to the Centre of Excellence when I was seven. Um, so yeah, it's just come from there. Yeah. Who was your biggest influence in football at, at a young age growing up? Um, I think it was my dad. To be honest, he uh, he always pushed me to do to do well, and I don't know, he was always there to take me to all the games and all the training, along with my mum as well. So uh, they're the biggest influence to get me into football. Yeah. And I imagine that your family are the main reason why your love for Wigan Athletic in particular began. 100%, yeah. Uh, I went to watch them at home and away when I was younger. My dad took me everywhere, so uh, that was where the love for Wigan came, and uh, it's never gone away. When you was young, who was your favourite Wigan player uh, growing up? It's a question I like asking to all the fans. Uh, my favourite Wigan player was Lee McCulloch, actually. Uh, I just... Of the way he played, I kind of based my game on him when I was younger. I used to be a left mid uh, slash striker, so so yeah, I used to base my game off him. So when when you obviously got initially got into the Wigan Academy system, how did you get scouted, and, and when did you and your family realise that you was actually pretty good at football? I'm not too sure how I got scouted. To be honest, I just um, probably someone got in touch with my dad. Uh, and I just went went down training to the Centre of Excellence. You didn't really sign anything when you was younger, um, when I was about seven. And then at nine years old, I signed my first contract uh, with them. So from then on, yeah, it went, it went pretty well until I was around 12. And then I got released at 12, actually. Um, so, yeah, I just played Sunday League from 12 till 16 and then came back to, back to Wigan and got my scholarship. So, yeah, it's been a pretty interesting journey. What was that feeling like to obviously be released by the club you support, but then fight back to return at a later date and a later age? Um, at the time, it was horrible uh, because I was always known, say, in school to be the the kid who was playing for Wigan. You know, like it's it's kind of it's a good status to have when you're in school with your mates and stuff. So it wasn't nice, but at the same time, I wasn't really enjoying it, and the academy wasn't quite the same as what it is now like the work they're doing at the academy of Wigan is um, unbelievable uh, but no I didn't enjoy my football at that time so I went went away for four or five years played with my mates started loving football again and that showed with how I was playing and got signed back. That's a great story and um, how was it like to progress from the academy to the first team and who are the main influences and guys in your journey coaching wise and obviously player wise? Um, it was pretty pretty tough to be fair. The first my first year in the scholarship, I never I didn't play as much as I wanted to. Then the second year, obviously, you you kind of integrated into the under twenty threes. Um, but it was an enjoyable one. I've only got good memories from when I was in the youth team there. 
um, influences, just just everyone who was around me at the time, you know, Joe Parkinson, John Doolan, uh, Mike Hearn um, and Gregory Ock as well when he came in at the back end of my uh, scholarship. Um, There's obviously a few more people to uh, to mention, but I'm not off the top of my head anyway. So great names listed there. And one, one, one man in particular has been amazing in recent years is Gregory Ock. He's doing an excellent job at the moment as a, a caretaker manager almost. And what influence did he have uh, to you in particular? What, what coach advice did he give you and how did he develop you as a player you are now? Well, like I said, he only came in the last, uh, probably the last six months of my scholarship, I think. But I don't know. I don't know what he, he's got. I just think the structure of the, the youth team is so much better to what we had at the start. Um, a lot of that goes down to Mike Hearn as well with the college and stuff. Um, that makes sure all, all the lads are on it. But uh, yeah, Greg, Greg has done an unbelievable job. You see with the likes of um, Joffy and Jensen Weir who's come through and some of the other lads who are playing in the first team now, they're all good talents. And he's, Wigan always used to be the kind of club that attracted the lads who didn't quite make it at the top teams, but now Wigan are kind of getting the lads who, in, who actually want to be at Wigan. So yeah, it's very good. It's really promising, and to be honest, with the recent administration, if it wasn't for the academy, the club wouldn't be still going today. As a sale of uh, Alfie Devine, uh, Jensen Weir to, to Brighton and Tottenham, uh, respectively, was a big help. And to speak more about your journey now at Wig Athletic, after being an unused substitution uh, during a couple of matches in the 2014 campaign, you were handed your first team debut at Brentford on the final day of the championship season under Gary Caldwell. Uh, replacing another graduate in Tin Chow in the 64th minute. How do you reflect back on your, your senior debut and the journey to that moment? Oh, it was, um, it was Sunday. Uh, it was my mum, dad and my brother and all my friends, all their friends, sorry, um, my friends as well. They was all in the in the stand that day. Um, so it was a very proud moment. Um, and leading up to it, that was quite an enjoyable season for me. I remember I played in a, an under-21s game against Morecambe, I think it was. And Malky Mackay was watching there on his first on his first day, and from then on, I kind of was in and around the first team training and being in the squad. So, yeah, it was quite an enjoyable uh, year for me. And then to cap it off with a with an appearance at the end, I loved it. How much of a dream come true is that for you to be a local lad? You've supported Wigan all your life for a season ticket holder, then you get to make your debut for the club that is so dear in your heart. It was it was it was a great day. Like I said, I used to go watching Wigan home and away to to everywhere around the country. So to actually come on and play for the club was was one of the best days of my life. Um, but yeah, as well, the journey leading up to it, um, I put in a lot of hard work in the youth team and stuff. So for to see all of that pay off, it was um, it was pleasing. The main breakthrough into the first team was uh, in League One under Gary Caldwell. Uh, in that summer, there was a complete rebuild with David Sharp, Gary Caldwell, the recruitment team, uh, making a new entire squad. When, when the squad was being built, did you automatically realise that this could be a team capable of a League One title charge? Uh, 100%, yeah. I think you see the quality of the, the names that were in that squad. Um, they weren't just good players, they were all good lads as well, so we had a good dressing room. Uh, which which goes a long way, um, but yeah, it was a that was a great great season. You know, we was playing some good football and we, we took the league by storm. Yeah, it was it was a brilliant campaign. And 
during that campaign, uh, you made your first start uh, for the Athletic uh, in the league against Fleetwood Town in September 2015, and you scored the opening goal uh, in a 2-1 win over the Cod Army. So how do you reflect back on that, that game in particular, your first ever goal? Can you talk us through the feeling when, when the ball hit the back of the net, knowing you'd scored for Wig Athletic? Um I can't I can't say much about the feeling to be honest. I kind of went numb, uh went dizzy a little bit. It was I don't know, it was just such a great feeling. Um again, all my friends and family were in the stands to see it. Um knowing they was there, it made it a lot enjoyable, a lot more enjoyable, should I say. Um but yeah, it was just just a great feeling. Um there's not much I can say about it to be honest. It speaks for itself. You know, scoring for your hometown club there's there's no greater achievement for myself like I can do absolutely and it was a, a great great way to introduce yourself to the Wigan fans but un- unfortunately one week later uh, at the game at Oldham Athletic uh, you was unfortunately sent off after you retaliated to a late challenge to Jay Fulton how do you remember this game back because I know after this game you wasn't really involved probably as much as you'd like to have been yeah it wasn't it wasn't nice um kind of the feeling of going from hero to zero really and seeing everyone buzzing about me from the first game, scoring in my debut, and then to get sent off, it wasn't a nice, uh, nice feeling. Uh, in my opinion, still looking back, I didn't think it was a, a red card. It looks more, it looks worse on the video than it was in person. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a bit disappointing because I never really got a look in after that in the team, even though I was still training well and I was still doing well personally I never really got a look in again and it was it was quite disappointing I thought I should have got a bit more of a chance After the game Gary Cordell accused you of letting the team uh, down with Latics looking on course uh, for victory obviously before Dominic Polian equalised at the time did you feel a bit let down by those comments and obviously how did this uh, impact your relationship with the manager? Um, obviously it's not nice to hear the comments in the media and stuff because uh, fans are getting on you then, which isn't a nice thing. But, you know, you have to take them them kind of things. You take the praise when it's given to you. So if someone needs to criticise you, then all, all by means do that. Um, but, yeah, the, the relationship between me and um, Gary Caldwell was, was fine after it. You know, I hold no grudges. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Obviously, Gary Caldwell, he went on to, to win the league title with Wigan. Personally, how was... Uh... How did he help your game develop? Because obviously he's he built a great squad uh, during that League One season. Michael Jacobs, Will Gregg, just to name a few names, Craig Davis. It was a great side for that level. And he obviously had a big part in that. Yeah. Um, you know what? Gary Caldwell did quite a lot for me uh, when I was a bit younger. I was, a, like I said before, I was a left midfielder. So when he was the manager and he brought me into the team, he, he converted me into centre midfield. Um and earlier on in your career, it's nice to be around a winning team, a league winning team, because you kind of see what it means to win and what you kind of need to do. So I'd like to say that I know what it what it means to win a league and what needs to be done. Um, and to play with the likes of Will Gregg and Crackers and Max Power and people like that um, can only do me good, yeah. Obviously, at the end of the 2015 to 16 season, uh, you was named the Young Player of the Year and one goal of the season following a vote by the Wigan Athletic supporters. How much of a lift did this give you and how much did it mean to you to get that recognition after the end of quite a tough season? Yeah, it was great. Um, again, it's another fantastic achievement and one I could only dream of and thankfully it came true. 
Um, yeah, it was, even though it was a disappointing season because obviously after the red card, I didn't get a look in and then I got injured as well. So um, the back end, I wasn't even playing football. Um, but yeah, it means a lot that, that people would say that I was the young player of the season that season. So I've still got the trophy there in my house. So yeah, I look at it with uh, immense proudness. It was a great moment. And obviously you spoke with quite disappointment when, when about the red card. And um, with with the red card, how much of a learning curve did that provide you as a young footballer? Oh, huge, huge. Um, I always remember one of my dad's friends. Uh, he used to tell me because I did. I, I actually did that a few times when I was a kid, kicking out and stuff. And he said, "Look, you'll you'll get caught one of these days." And you know, it happened on the big stage where where I did, and I got sent off. So, yeah. It, uh, you know, you take every everything as a lesson in football. So, yeah, just moved on from that and learned from it. Uh, a few years after the 2015-16 season, uh, you signed a new deal at the club to keep you until 2017. And then you signed a further two-year deal at the end of that season. But in between, you spent time on loan at Blackpool uh, with Gary Bowyer. When did you realise that you were first going out on loan and how much did that loan move help you develop as a player? Um... I think it was kind of self-forced, the loan move. Um, I know we was in the championship, but again, I thought I was training well and I didn't really get the chance I felt I deserved anyway. Um, then obviously Gary Caldwell got sacked and Warren Joyce came in. And at that point, because I hadn't been playing games, I just wanted to go on loan and that was that. Was that. I just needed to go and play first-team games. There was lad my age with nearly 100 appearances. I'd only made a handful so I kind of went into him and said, look, I want to go on loan. Um, and he was a bit reluctant to let me go because obviously I came on off the bench in the championship a few times under Warren Joyce. Um, and he even brought my dad in and spoke to him saying, look, I think I can work with Jordan. But I think my mind was made up at that point. And I think it was between Plymouth and Blackpool, maybe, I think. And I ended up choosing Blackpool and never looked back. You know, it was a, such a good club and... Such a great group of lads. Gary Boyer was brilliant as well. And obviously we got promoted through the playoffs, so it couldn't have gone better. What attracted you initially to join Blackpool? Um, I'm, I can't even remember, to be honest. I remember Sammy Adelusi signed a couple of weeks before. So that was a f familiar face and maybe that swayed me a little bit because I spoke to him and he said how, how good of a club it was. Um, but yeah, that's... it. You know, it was an enjoyable season with Blackpool and it was my first full, well, half a season in, in men's football, first team football. So, yeah, I can't um, I can't knock it. It was brilliant. How difficult is it as a player to, to bridge a gap between academy football and senior football? Um, you know what, in my opinion, I don't think it's that difficult. I just think you've got to put the work in. Um, in terms of, say, the games at first team level and under 23 level, they are very different in terms of how the games are played. You know, your, your game management, if you're winning, they keep, try and keep the ball and grind results out. But other than that, I don't think there's a there's a huge gap, no. No. And uh, during your time at Blackpool, you was a, a fan favourite there. You was, you was excellent in the size promotion to League One. How do you reflect back on that special day uh, at Wembley uh, through the playoffs? Oh, it was... Um... It was a great day. Again, I keep mentioning it, but all my family were there. Um, you know, you can't enjoy it without your family there. So I love that. Um, I was on the bench that day, but I got a good 25, 30 minutes in 
in that, but to get promoted the way we did, we wasn't really the favourites to get promoted as well. So I think that made it a bit more sweeter. And, you know, it was just a great day. Everyone dreams of playing at Wembley and I got to do that. So it's brilliant. It's quite clear that you are a massive family person and they've had a big influence in not just your football career, but your life. And how, how nice is it to have such a supportive family behind you? Um, you definitely need it, yeah. Um, you know, they're the ones who get you into football as a kid, taking you around to different places. And then uh, every when I was in England, my dad never missed a game. Home and away, he used to always come to, to the games. He came to Plymouth away on a Tuesday night, Portsmouth away on a Tuesday night. So to know that your family are there, it's, um, there's nothing better, you know. It's a really special feeling. And after your loan spell at Blackpool, what was your mindset when you was returning to Agapatic that summer? Um, I thought I was going to break into the team, to be honest. That was my initial mindset um, to get back to Wigan and, and play a good full season, you know, but unfortunately that never happened. Was you a little bit disappointed uh, in a way when you was loaned out to Chesterfield because you wasn't able to get a chance to break into the first team? Um, a little bit, yeah. It was kind of, it was um, because of the playoffs, I only had four weeks in the summer and usually take a couple of weeks off complete like rest because your body will break down otherwise. So I did that and then I had two weeks to prepare for pre-season, which was a quite kind of a tough, especially under Paul Cook as well. That's a, He's got a tough pre-season. So um, I didn't really set a good first example, first impression with Paul Cook, should I say. Um, and I never really got a look in in centre mid. I never got a chance to play the, the whole pre-season. I played at left back. Um, so yeah, it was changing positions and then, I think it was the day before the MK Dons game, they signed Callum Elder on loan. Um, so he played that game. I wasn't even in the squad. Uh, and then a few days later, he told me I could go on loan or I could fight for my place. Um, so I said initially that I'd fight for my place in the meeting. Um, that night, Gary Caldwell rang me and said, I'll see you in the morning. So I suppose he already had that move, move lined up for me. So it was disappointing, but again, Chesterfield, great club. I was going to Gary Caldwell, a familiar face. Uh, Graham Barrow was a Gaz Piper. So, yeah, it was a, that was an enjoyable experience as well. Yeah, with the amount of familiar faces, I imagine it was like a, a low move at home in a way with, with so many people you've worked with. Gary Caldwell, your, your previous manager. Graham Barrow has a big impact behind the scenes. And was he a bit of a... I know you didn't really have much say, but was it more easy to, to settle in at Chesterfield knowing a few familiar faces already? Definitely. It's always um, easier when you know a few people because you kind of, you, you feel a bit more comfortable. Um, but again, great dressing room, great set of lads. So it's always easier when, when you've got that as well. Absolutely. And uh, when you obviously start your career at Chesterfield, uh, you made an excellent start featuring all 15 games and you even scored your first goal in a 2-0 away win at Crawley Town. Uh, how do you look back at your time at Chesterfield? Yeah, loved it. Uh, again, like I said, great dressing room. So it was enjoyable going into training. We wasn't doing very well, but it was kind of one of those. We were doing all the right things. We just couldn't get the wins or the back-to-back -back wins we needed and get on a roll. Uh, we always seemed to lose by 1-0 or by mistake. And it wasn't just quite clicking for us. Um, but yeah, over the night, it was, uh, it was enjoyable. 
Unfortunately, a week after you scored your first goal for Chesterfield, uh, you were sadly involved in a car collision on your way to training. May I ask you uh, about this? Yeah, uh, it was on a Monday morning. I came home for the weekend after Cambridge away. Uh, set off on the Monday morning, um, yeah, and just ended up being in quite a bad, bad crash. How scary was this experience and what was running through your mind at the time? Um, it was it was very scary to be honest. I can't I can't remember much of it. Um, kind of completely blacked out, so not not much I could could say about it. Um, but yeah, ended up going to hospital. I found out that I'd broke my L two, uh, my back, uh, one of the vertebrae. Um, so yeah, it wasn't it wasn't nice at all. Uh, after the accident, how long did you spend in hospital? Um. Well, the day after the the surgeon came in and said that I've got a choice, basically, to have the operation, be done with it, and I can go home. But that meant I couldn't play football again uh, because of the way they had to. They would have had to fix my spine. Um, it would have been impossible. Or I could stay in for up to six weeks, uh, lying down, and hopefully it heals in the right place. And luckily it did, and quicker than we thought as well. So. I spent three weeks in hospital, in a hospital bed, yeah. That's a, a really, really sad story to hear. And during that time, was you ever considering retiring from football, given the severity of your injury? Um, I don't think it even crossed my mind, to be honest. I was kind of just focusing on recovering other than my career. Um, yeah, I, 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 it never crossed my mind, to be honest, no. And... Uh, during your rehabilitation, how much did your family help through that? Because I know they're very supportive. And I, I believe like, Athletic were quite supportive too during that period. Oh, every, everyone was absolutely brilliant in the recovery. Um, my family couldn't do much more for me. My mum and dad came to... I was in Sheffield Hospital. They came to Sheffield every single day for the full three weeks. Um, and obviously, it's quite a long drive from Wigan. So there was the making sure I'd, I wasn't going through it on my own. Um, and also David Sharp, Paul Cook came and visited me in hospital. Max Power came and visited me in hospital. So you know that all that means a lot to me. Um, and then on my rehabilitation stage, Nick Meese, Andrew Proctor, there was there was brilliant for me. They, they couldn't have done more for me. Um, yeah, yeah, I can't thank anyone enough because they've got me back to where I wanted to be and where I am now. It's a really, really great to see, and and obviously a year. I think it was less than a year later. You you returned to football during a loan spell at AFC Fylde. How, how was that feeling to return to the football pitch after the initial fears that it could potentially end your career? Um, yeah, it was nice. Uh, I think when I went to Fylde, I still wasn't quite ready. It was kind of a rushed, a rushed thing. I shouldn't have, shouldn't have really gone to be honest, because you could see when I went to training, I was. I was quite a bit behind and I never, I only got one appearance, I think it was. Um, so, yeah, I, d I probably didn't need it, but I think the prospect of going out and getting back involved in, in football was um, was uh, too much to turn down. But, yeah, it was, a, it was a nice feeling, you know, being back. Um, but, yeah, good. It's a, it was great to see you back on the pitch. And your next loan spell is somewhere quite, uh, quite different to your normal uh, loan spell. And uh, in August 2018... You joined Swedish side uh, 
Ostersons on loan. I think I've definitely botched that pronunciation. Oh, you got it right. Oh, you actually got it right. Okay, I'll, I'll take that. How, uh, how did this move come about and how do you reflect on your time uh, playing abroad and uh, living in a new country, experiencing a different culture? Um, I think, obviously, at the, at the time, uh, we can have quite a settled squad and it was kind of known that I was never never really going to get back in, especially with my injury and, and the start I made under Paul Cook anyway. I, I wasn't going to get back in. Um, so it was up to my agent to find, try and find a, a move. Uh, I was looking for a permanent move, but obviously because I brought my back the follow the the earlier in the earlier season, nobody really wanted to touch me. Um, but my agent knew Ian Birchnall, who was the manager of Ostersund, and he said, "Look, come on, come on loan, and we'll see what happens." So yeah, I went over there, and it was it was a lovely place. Um, a little town in the middle of nowhere, but I loved every second of it. Made some good friends there as well. During, during your time in Sweden, what is the Swedish leagues like for, for people who may not know uh, football-wise? Uh, is it quite an underrated division? Definitely. Um, there's some huge, huge clubs in Sweden. You know, the stadiums are all nice. There's um, Malmö, um, Hammarby, Ostersund obviously have made a good breakthrough. AIK, it's it's a great division with some very, very good players in there. During your very slow spells away from like Athletic, did you still feel in touch and a part of the squad uh, in terms of uh, when you're out on loan? Do, do, do people still keep in tabs and do you still have that relationship with your parent club? Um, I did uh, for the Blackpool loan. Um, less with the Chesterfield loan to be fair. And then obviously when I was over in Sweden, it was kind of, you know, you're just in a different part of the world. So no one really looks to, I don't know, no, nothing really. The Blackpool one, you kind of do keep in tabs and I was in and out of the training ground as well. But after that, not really. Yeah, with uh, with your career at Wig Athletic, when did you realise, was there any moment when you realised it was your time at the club were coming to an end? Um when I went on loan to Chesterfield, uh, I didn't think I'd ever, ever come back. That was a season-long loan, I think it was. So, obviously, if all went well, I would have been at Chesterfield the whole season and then obviously looked to get out of the after that. But, um, but yeah, probably around the chest, when I went on loan to Chesterfield, I knew that I wasn't really going to play under Paul Cook. Recently, in, in 2019, you moved to Dundalk in Ireland, a great side and a great league uh, from what we've seen, uh, from what I've seen personally. And How did that move transpire to, for you to go to Ireland? Um, well, I was training with the under-18s um, around that Christmas. And it was Aunt, Aunt Barry who rang me and said he, he knew someone over in Ireland and uh, they was interested um so yeah it just transpired from that and one thing led to another and yeah I came over and uh during your time in Ireland so far it, it's safe to say that you've you've hit the ground running and what have been your favorite moments so far uh in Dundalk um my favorite mom well my favorite thing of the whole thing was is this season I've touched wood I've not I've been through a full season of not getting injured which is a big thing after the accident. Um, things have been coming up and my body's not been quite right, but this season I've not been injured at all. So it's a, that's a huge thing. And then obviously you've got the, the goals that I've scored. I've scored quite a few good, good goals. The one that's been um, nominated for Puskas. Um, so yeah, it's been an enjoyable time here. 
yeah, I can't not ask you about that goal. And it's a standout moment that brought global attention to the League of Ireland against Shamrock Rovers. And I've watched the goal so many times now and I still can't wrap my head around how you've done it. Uh, the corner appeared to be a little bit behind you and it was a really unkind height for a volley, but you got a really sweet connection and the rest is kind of history. And can you talk us through that goal? Because it's it's probably one of the most remarkable volleys I've, I've ever seen, uh, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, um, it was one we practised in training. The day before, we kind of wanted to switch it up a little bit and um, the plan was always for me to to spin round the back and initially get my head on it. Um, but in training, we tried it a few times and my headers was going all over the shop. Um, so we did it anyway in the game and it was kind of at a height that I thought I could get to and luckily I did. Uh, yeah, and it went in. It was a... Uh, the season, the season before, I got an injured. I got injured in my hip flexor. I had an operation on that. Um, so I think the the biggest thing that came out of that that I knew that was fully recovered. So yeah, it was good. During during that moment after you scored the goal, as a player, when you score a really good goal, do you know at the time where you're thinking, "Oh, I can't wait to watch that back"? Um, not really at the time. I didn't obviously any any volley that you hit sweet is um is a nice goal, but I didn't think it would have been. Uh, got the got the attention that it did. Uh, we wasn't playing the best in the game. We was losing one nil, and that was the equaliser. So my emotions were kind of in the game. It was only till afterwards, and someone showed me a video that I realised, and seeing the attention that it was getting, that I realised that it was uh, such a good goal. Yeah, it was. It was a really uh, great goal, and obviously, I think it went viral. How was it like to see the reaction on, on social media and, and your friends and family? after scoring probably the goal of 2020, you must be one of the front runners. Yeah, it's always nice to get the um, the attention. The shine kind of came off it because I was getting asked to do interviews and we'd lost the game 3-2. So it wasn't it didn't really feel right doing interviews because obviously we'd lost the game. And I didn't really want to talk about a goal in a game that, that we didn't even win. Um, but, you know, the club said, look, enjoy a moment. And so I did a few. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, it kind of got put to the back of my mind until last week when I found out that it was uh, actually nominated. So, yeah, it's a look at it with um, proudness, yeah. What was the moment like when you got the call to say you have been nominated as one of the 12 picks for the FIFA Puskas Award? It's a very prestigious award, as you'll know. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, well, initially, I found out through the WhatsApp group, uh, the Dundalk players, everyone was saying congratulations, and I was like... What, what for? And then it was only till I scored to the top I seen what it was for. But yeah, you know, to be in for an award with some big names like Luis Suarez, Young Min Son, it's um, it's only a good thing. Absolutely, so it's a great achievement for you. And during your time at Dundalk, away from your one goal, you've you've achieved some really great targets. I believe you've won back to back league titles. Uh, we won our first league title when I was here. We lost. Uh, this one because well it was half a season because of the whole Covid, uh, we didn't fulfil all the fixtures but you know Shamrock Rovers were miles ahead of us anyway so they probably probably would have gone on to win it um, but we, we achieved Europa League group stages this season uh, which is a huge thing for the club uh, and we've got a final also against Shamrock Rovers, the FAI Cup final next, next weekend so it's not been too bad of a campaign yeah how much are you looking forward to that final next week? What's the preparations been like? 
Um, well, we've not really had a preparation. I'm currently in Norway at the moment. We've got Molder away on Thursday in our second to last group stage match. Um, but yeah, it'll, it'll be nice to get the win over Shamrock Rovers on Sunday because, like I said, they won the league. So to stop them doing the double like they stopped us doing the treble last season, it will be a, it'll be a nice victory, yeah. It'll be a great occasion. And one thing I'd like to ask as well is, you obviously, three years ago, you had your, your car accident and now you're playing Europa League football. What a fairy tale that is for you. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. Um, you know, I would have never thought I was in this position um, three years ago when, when Dundalk came in and I researched the club because I didn't know much about them. Europe, European football was a big, a big draw into that because we was there was constantly getting into the Champions League qualifiers, um, and it's quite tough to get into the group stages with the format. You have to win four rounds of games, which luckily we won. Uh, we won the ones in the Europa League, so yeah, we're here now. It must be a massive dream come true for you. You play at some great grounds recently as well. I know you was at the Emirates against Arsenal. It's so many great teams in the Europa League and you get your chance to prove yourself and represent the League of Ireland to the rest of the world. The rest yeah, of that's, Europe. that's it. Um, we've had a few trips now. We've been to, like you said, Emirates, Arsenal, and then we went to Vienna as well. We played rapid Vienna. Uh, like I said, we're in we're in Norway now. Um, you know, it's, it's putting yourself up against the big clubs. Our schedule has been very hectic um, with the games, with the league and and these games now in the cup, but you know you want to be playing in these games and putting yourself against the best. And we haven't actually got a point in the group stage, but if you watch our games, they've been quite close games, other than you'd say the Arsenal game where they're dominated. But that's expected. Um, but we'll go into our last two games trying to trying to get a win and do ourselves proud. What are your personal aims and objectives for the Europa League campaign and your League of Ireland season? Um. Personal, it's always just been to get as many games as I can. So we've got three games left now. Um, the Molder game, Arsenal, and then the Cup final, which are three huge games. So to get as many minutes as I can, take that into the off-season and then we go from there. Absolutely. And during your career so far, it's been uh, very interesting to read up about today. And how would what would you describe as your best ever career moment and your worst ever career moment? Um, my best ever career moment goes right to the start. I think it was when I when I scored uh, my first goal for Wigan on my debut against Fleetwood. Uh, there's been some great moments, obviously getting promoted with with Blackpool. The day we got promoted with Wigan as well, um, winning the league here as well. But uh, I think the first first thing that springs to mind is my goal against Fleetwood, um, and the worst. In football, he's obviously he probably is going to be the red card as well because who knows what would have happened if I didn't get that red card. We were playing well against Oldham, and he's kind of one of those what ifs. But you know, it's brought me to where I am today, so I can't complain. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And in the Europa League, you've been playing against some top players, and during your time at Wigan, you played against some great players. Same at Blackpool. Who would you say was the most difficult player you've you've played against? Against what from not the teams that I played for. Uh, you could say any player you've played with or against. Who, who well, did you yeah, always struggle? I've played um, played against Liverpool, obviously. So the likes of Coutinho, Mane, and Salah, and all that. There was the hardest um, people I've played with. There's there's quite a lot of a lot of names there. Obviously, played with Nick Powell, 
he was unbelievable. Dan Byrne, brilliant. Will Gregg, crackers, Max Power. Um, I don't know. I've, I've played with with some good teams, especially at Wigan. Um, so yeah, there's too many to mention. There's uh, some really great names there. Nick Powell, always one stand out for me. And obviously, you're enjoying your time in Ireland. But is there certain elements you miss about being in Wigan? Um, yeah, there is a few a few things. Obviously, being close to home, playing, representing my hometown club, um, definitely miss that. But I think I needed the time away. I think uh, I made the right move in coming to Dundalk. It's kind of matured me as a person, you know, coming away from home and and kind of fending for myself. Um, so yeah, I have zero regrets from from leaving Wigan, even though I, I didn't have a chance of playing in the end anyway. But uh, but yeah, there are there are elements of it that I do miss definitely. Absolutely, and, and do you miss certain elements about the town itself? Yeah, well, I'll always miss uh, Wigan's my home, so I'll always miss miss my home, um, and I'll always I'll always be coming back for the rest of my life. I'll always be coming back to Wigan. Uh, whether it's in uh, football or not in football anyways but yeah Obviously to end the podcast now you are a Wig Athletic supporter and you have been all your life and how would you reflect on the last few months that's happened uh, since administration accord? Uh, yeah it's been horrible um, seeing the likes of my dad and my brother and, and friends who not had a clue what's going on um, it's not been nice uh, to the people who working in the club who had to be let off they didn't deserve this one bit the players didn't deserve it um, and I just hope that the whole mess gets gets sorted very quickly now which I believe that it is kind of on its way of do, to doing Have you been keeping updates on what's been going on uh, during your time in Ireland? Uh, yeah um, I don't get to watch as many games as I would like to now um, but I still keep on keep tabs of what's going on so, yeah, like I said, I just I hope it gets sorted quickly and the club starts going back in the direction that it should be going in. Looking at it in a more positive way, during the administration period, uh, although a lot of players have left, it's created opportunities for a lot of younger lads to make the breakthrough into the first team. How nice is it to see some of your former teammates now making a leap into senior football? Uh, no, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, and it'll, it'll only do them good. Um, I think you'll see them coming out coming out of the shell a little bit more and and some of them are really, really good players so hopefully they start doing well. Um, as an academy grad- graduate myself, I can only, I, I know exactly what they're going through in terms of making the debuts, playing for such a great club, you know, um, and it can only do them good, yeah. As an academy graduate, you, you may be able to answer this question, but do you think in a way that although we want fans to be back at stadiums, uh, it's kind of helped them in a way to settle in a little bit more, the fact there's been no crowds and it's been more of a, a kind, of, kind of like a calmer atmosphere, so to speak? Yeah, um, I do understand where you're coming from, but I, I, I think the fans, you need the fans there because you do get that little buzz when you're a, when you're a younger lad coming into the first team, you you need that buzz around the stadium. You know, it it does help you even settle in. I know it sounds crazy, but it does help you settle in that you know you're in a game and um, with no fans in the stadiums, even like over here because we haven't got fans either. Um, the games seem kind of false. You've not really got that that atmosphere. What you need. Um, sometimes you're walking out to an empty stadium and you're like doesn't even feel like we're playing a game here until you're actually in the game. Um, so, yeah, the the sooner the fans are back, the better. 
does it almost feel like when you play these games, it's like a friendly, but suddenly there's points uh, on the offer? Yeah, that's it. I, I, I think I think the only time you do feel that like, oh, it's kind of like a friendly is when you first walk out um, and you and you're getting ready for for kickoff and stuff, and in the warm up, you're like, doesn't really feel like a game. But obviously, beforehand, when you've got your mind on it, and then when you're in the game, it's not too bad. But yeah. Obviously, back onto Wigan now. Do you think that the young lads can help steer Wigan to League One survival? I think so, yeah. Um, like like you said, I've, I've played with a few of the lads. I've trained with a few of them. And uh, they're very good players. Um, for a big section of the, the young lads to come up and play for the first team, obviously, it's going to take time to, to settle in and get used to, to playing uh, first-team football. But, you know... Like I said before, it'll only do them good and hopefully they'll come through and uh, start showing what they're about. When a few of the fans found out that you were coming on the podcast, uh, the, the overwhelming question they wanted me to ask is, would you ever consider returning to Wig Athletic one day? Um, definitely, yeah, one day. Um, obviously, I've, I've got a lot to do in my career. I'm, I'm still only 25. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of time for a return and if ever that came up and it was the right time to do it, then of course, yeah. That'd be uh, great to see you back at the club. And my final question now, I'd like to thank you so much for your time today. It's much appreciated. And I'd also like to wish you the best of luck for your game on uh, Thursday. And I also uh, wanted to say congratulations on your goal on Sunday to a record big breaking performance, 11-0 win. And obviously you don't really score tappings, another belter in that game and... To, to end the question now is do you think you could become the first ever Wiganer to win the FIFA Puskas Award? Um, well, I'm not too sure because there's quite a few big names in there and big clubs and, you know, their fans will, will vote for for them. And um, But, you know, being being in the initial list to be nominated is a pleasure. Um, and fingers crossed, you know, I do get into the top three and maybe win it, but we'll see. I think uh, the Wigan fans have been trying to start an Operation Flores, so I'll put the link in the description for the FIFA Puskas Award vote, and everyone should vote for John Flores. He's one of our own, and it's probably the best goal in that list. I'm not even being biased. I think everything about it, the technique, the height, it, it's so hard to do. I think when I when I describe the goal to uh, to my friends, it's kind of I used to use the example of Gareth Bale versus uh, Stoke when he was at Tottenham. If you remember that one, yeah, it's yeah, kind of similar, but I think you also was a little bit harder with the pace. You had the ball coming in, but I'd like to say, uh, again, thanks so much for your time. It's much appreciated and I hope you've enjoyed uh, being on the podcast. No problem. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much. If you enjoyed this episode of the Full Time Little Podcast with former athletic midfielder Jordan Flores, please like this video and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Thanks so much for watching.